Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are listening to the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, the Super Coach Hawk, sitting here with my co-host and good friend, Mickey Dell, Deli, the big horse. How are you, my friend? Robbie, going well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we have Robbie here, who has just come back from Gather Round, who has some nice stories for us, but... For tonight's episode or today's episode, whenever it is that you're listening to it, DPPs have dropped. There's <laughs> what the odd, yeah. And um, it's interesting to see the uh, the players that actually got it and some of the players that missed out. Jack McRae, probably the most notable one that's missed. I, spe- I expected more. Um, yeah. It hasn't excited me at all. I expected there no. to be that definite one that some people had to be like, "Oh, this is who I've got to get. I've got to move." I think from doing some quick math, mate, we've only got two that have added a um, yeah. that have added that sort of defence or forward that average over a hundred in in Sheasel and Zebel, who pretty much most people had. Um, mm-hmm. Will they move one? Will they move two? Where they, where will they start to build? There's some enticing ones, and we will get there. We will get there. But there were some humongous scores, and for anyone watching on yeah. YouTube, I'm holding up my scarf that I've brought back from Gather Round. It was a hell of a weekend. I really enjoyed myself catching up with my old man, my brother-in-laws who flew over from Melbourne. Of course, I flew over from Perth um, and had a great time. It was fantastic. And uh, Adelaide turned it on. And I was a bit of a kid in a candy store. Like just everywhere you went, there were AFL players. There was AFL executives. There were TV commentators. Mate, I walked past my childhood hero. Well, not my childhood hero because we're the same age. I walked past just one of my heroes in Luke Hodge and had to ask for a photo and uh, he was an absolute legend about it. So had a great time. How was it, Robbie? You were staying at the Adelaide Motel, I believe, or the Oval Hotel, which had, yeah. you know, just to name a few, BT, Brian Taylor, <laughs> Cam Mooney, James yeah. Brayshaw, all these well-known people. Mm. So you've got the celebrities of Aussie Rules Football and mm. Rob Kennedy staying in this hotel. How was it? It was, um, yeah, it was a bit surreal, wasn't it? Like I, I was sending um, chats to you boys and at some mm. point I thought I just have to stop. I'm probably annoying them a little bit much. But from the moment my Uber pulled in, there's BT and James Brayshaw down in the at the valet. I went past uh, Luke Darcy, Daisy Pierce, 
Uh, I saw Brad Johnson. Uh, they're just all there everywhere. And it was it was pretty cool. It really was pretty cool for a sports nuffy, mate. Seeing them was cool. Even just walking out to like the Adelaide Oval with nobody there in the morning at breakfast time, it was actually a really peaceful, surreal feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And then to see it filled with fans, I think I really loved. And I, you know, I grew up in Victoria, so this happens more often in Victoria, but definitely doesn't happen here in WA. It was amazing to see everybody in all different colours, like just everywhere you went for breakfast, for lunch, you're at the pub. Everyone talking footy, everybody in their team's colours, everyone up and about in a good place. It was really, really cool. And hats off to the AFL. Obviously, we we know the NRL have done magic rounds, so it wasn't maybe yeah. a brand new concept, but very cool for them to grab onto it and, and for Adelaide to turn it on like they did. Yeah, so from what I'm hearing there is that, you know, you're reeling off all these celebrities and sounds like the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast is now one of those. We were there, there mate. Do you know how badly I just wanted to pull the microphone out? I did. Obviously, I did the live with uh, our mate Jakey Skidmore up in the hotel room. I wanted right. to do it downstairs in reception. There are a lot of reporters down there. I wanted to try and make myself look pretty special. I probably next should have. But, uh, next year. Next time. Next time we will. But it was yeah. fantastic. It was great. But, um, mate, we have a lot to talk about in this pod, mm. so we better dive straight in. We want to make mm. sure we review the games, uh, talk about the standouts. There were some huge scores this weekend. Um, so let's make sure we touch on them. We're going to talk about the DPPs. We might even talk about them a little bit as it goes on when names pop up. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've got to start looking at the break-evens. Um, before we do that, we've got to make sure, click subscribe. Now's the time. Um, our subscribe numbers are going up, which are phenomenal. And we thank everybody for mm-hmm. getting on and supporting us. Um, we also want to support those that support us. And one of those is the Standard Squeeze. The Standard Squeeze helps you pour one standard shot at a time so you know exactly how much you're drinking without any of the guesswork. No more broken glass bottles with their food-grade quality plastic. Throw your squeeze into the esky, the back of the ute, or into your back pocket. Responsible drinking with convenience. So go on, have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com and use the code MOLTON15 for 15% off at checkout. Absolutely, go on and have a squeeze, a standard squeeze. We thank them, giving away gift packs, giving away prizes. We're giving them out all the time, but you must subscribe. You must be on uh, all of our social medias to get one of those prizes, get your hands on it and get involved. Make sure you support those who support us. So let's dive straight into game number one. And I must admit, this was one of my favorites, um, albeit not because it was close, but I was super impressed by Adelaide. It was great to see a packed house at Adelaide Oval. Mm. There was over 47,000 for this one. Um, and Adelaide, I tipped them, which I did as my roughie, um, but they spanked them. They came out real strong in this first quarter. I'm assuming you watched it, Delhi. Yeah, I did watch the game. Uh, last week's uh, podcast that we released, we did say to the viewers that Carlton's average losing margin at the Adelaide Oval in the last five games was 66 points. So I went with Adelaide plus 39. Um, and, yeah, Adelaide just – they shit all over them, didn't they? That first quarter, it was as good a quarter as what I've seen all year. Their run and carry, their ability to to lead to space, their ball use, especially with Dawson. He's, he's oh, unbelievable with ball in hand, isn't he? He's, a, he's an absolute musket. And we did put it up on our social media pages that if you don't have him – you need to you need to sell your redheaded stepchild to get him in your side. Hey, oh, you're spot on. He's the absolute unicorn. And mm. 
I stand by and I encourage anybody to go back and listen to our podcast. We said he is a definite in. He is the unicorn of this league and this competition. All I did say was put out a bit of food for thought that Carlton have someone by the name of Ed Kerno, and it makes me a little bit nervous on whether I'm going to throw the VC on Dawson, which I had a lot of people come back and tell me, not a bad shout, definitely giving me something to think about. But also those same people coming and hitting me up with a little bit of an FU at halftime when Dawson did bring his own football and so did Laird mm-hmm. and had it on a string. I tell you what, I told you to pick him over Stewart. I stand by it. That was the pick to go with. But I tell you what, Laird and Dawson in that midfield had the football on a string. They looked so good. Um, I was really impressed by the Adelaide defenders just do their job. The midfield now looks phenomenal with both Laird and Dawson in there. And their forwards with the big Texan does not get enough credit for how good he is. He was clunking marks left, right and centre. And then the likes of Rochelle and Rankin around him. It is actually a pretty potent lineup without having humongous names all over the field. Yeah, I think they've done well, haven't they, in the past couple of years to bring together the list that they have. Uh, I was I was reading an article tonight about the the draft picks that they've they've managed to capitalize and turn into like your Rochelles and they got a fifth round pick last year for Isaac Rankin and that's at the lower end so they they're putting together a pretty good side here and look if they play finals I don't think they'll be a, a massive contender towards the back end of the year but from where they were last year just to be spoken about as a final finals contender is yeah. um a big tip of the cap to Matthew Nix over there Dawson and Laird, 69 touches between them, and they went cold in the last 10 minutes too. Absolutely. So let's tell the people and our listeners what they want to hear, and that is all about the super coach performances. So we talked about Dawson off the charts, 152. Laird, a 135. Now, um, the bit of the little bit of the talk of the town, okay, is uh, Mr. Jones himself with a 116. Uh, Chase Jones only at the value of 308k. He went up 39k this week. Still only has a break even now of minus 31 as well. I must admit, very impressive on the weekend. Liked his score. Is he someone you're looking at, or have, have you gone past the mid price maniacs at this point of the season? No, I'm not touching him. I'm not touching. No, him. There, was a, there was a game early on where he scored 30 something. Yep. And if I'm going to if I'm going to spend that much money on someone, you want to see consistent scoring. So. Yep. Well, this no, score, well, this score's good, you know. But in a front-running side all night, what happens when the tables are turned and you know they play against a good side that's got a lot of balls? So, no, I'm not looking there, mate. Yeah, I think that's the same for me now. It's either massive cash generators or players that I see finishing in my starting on-field team is the only way mm-hmm. that I'm going at the moment. Um, Big name still to talk about that. Oh, Rochelle in 95. Ben Keys now is one to talk about. He now has that DPP of a mid forward as well. So he, he got a 93 on the weekend and actually looked quite impressive. Um, who else sort of stood out there? Uh, Michelini. I oh, didn't mind Michelini. He's going to go all right, the Michelini or Mick Delaney, as we like to say. With a, My boy. But he uh, but he looked all right. I was, I was still impressed by him and the cash that he will continue to generate. Big shout out to um, Damien Carroll. Did talk about that he'd heard throughout the week and uh, that Chera would start to take a bit of Doc's role and Chera came out and scored a nice 106. Sam Walsh back in the team with a 104, just the, came back in the side and does what he does best. Saad was a little quieter with an 85, had a bit of a detention um, on him. 
And Paddy Cripps just not looking himself with an 80. But that was just because they just got demolished. They absolutely got demolished in the midfield. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no two ways to yeah explain that one. Adelaide were just far superior on the night. So we move on to Fremantle v Gold Coast and a bit of a bit of get out of jail card for the the Dockers. Gold Coast being up the whole time in this game. This one played out in uh, I think it was out in Norwood. This one I didn't go out mm-hmm. and watch it live. Um, now we mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks ago that I said if he showed a bit more of a consistent season, this is one of those guys that I was probably going to be really looking at next year. But if he pops in too many big scores like this, I'll get worried on whether he'll continue it. And that's Caleb Sarong. He has looked mm. absolutely phenomenal the last few weeks, coming out with a huge 146. Uh, we did tell everybody to throw the VC on if you had Sean Darcy. And what did he do? 136 without mm-hmm. a Jared Witts playing. Um, so we were pretty comfortable that he was going to go out and have a big score. So if you listen to the pod... Hopefully, if you didn't get on Dawson, you did it on him. And I did my VC on someone else later on that we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, Michael Walters, 106. Uh, Luke Jackson starting to get his hands on the ball as well with a 98. And Luke Ryan, someone who people have, and Brennan Cox both got a 93. It's also mm-hmm. good to see Hayden Young with a 90. Um, Andrew Brayshaw is just one that happens to just be dropping a little bit at the moment with a 77. Um yeah, did you see much of this game? What what do you see with yeah. Andrew Bray at the moment? Yeah, I did a little bit. Looks like Sarong's taken over the the mantelpiece as the number one mid there now. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it's... what's that? Sorry, sorry, mate. I, I reckon I I still reckon Brayshaw is one of those ones. If he plays the way he's he's one you're going to look at for next year, that he should mm-hmm. have a better year again. But you're right, Sarong has definitely <laughs> taken the uh, the gun mantle at the moment. Yeah. With um with Gold Coast, Took Miller, he's got a really nice run coming up and he's, for me, one that I'm looking at getting in. 127, Lacocious, he's not going to do that every week. Hmm. He's uh, playing good though, isn't he, Lacocious? He's, he's actually starting to work that forward line position out, isn't he? He is. Yeah, 115, Swallow, 113. Noah Anderson, that's Skiddy's boy, 109. I like the way he plays. Matty Rao, 109. Lockie Weller, rebounding from defence, 105. And then there's no one really else to look at there, but <clears throat> I have had some questions in the general public about Darcy McPherson from Gold yep. Coast. He has been used as a running defender and he does get a, a little bit of the ball. For me, you don't go anywhere near him. Yeah, he had a really impressive like season a couple of years ago and looked like someone that was an absolute magnet yeah, that could find the ball. But he just had, it was kind of like Fiorini at one point as well, just got his hands on the footy a lot as well. But just can't trust him at the moment. Lockie Weller is one I really like the look of. He's playing a strong role off that halfback and, and running and they look for him and they use him a lot. I think it's a tough call to maybe take him now, but it would be a little bit of an outside call. The only other one for everyone to sort of look at still from a, a cash standpoint is uh, Matty Johnson who um, came in and got yeah. a 67. He's still got a break even of minus one going into this week as well, sitting on that 139. So if you're looking for someone for a little bit of little bit of job security, and, and he looks all right. So if you're looking for a cash generator with a bit of job security, um, yeah, Matt Johnson might be not one to, to shy away from. Yeah, for sure. Um, and from watching the game as well, I think Ben Long's nearly in for a rest. Like, he looked pretty ordinary. Mm. So, for people yep. that have held on to Charlie Constable, that's a potential swap there, I believe, anyway. Mate, I'm sorry. This will be a question without uh, warning. 
Everyone talks about Charlie Constable and the numbers that he's getting in the VFL. Is and is, is Bodie Alwyn looking at a chance of getting back into this team at all? He was named in the first, played the first two games. Haven't heard yeah. much about him. It's one of those ones where I feel like when I decide to finally just move him, that he'll get picked or something like that. I'm a bit worried that that's going to happen yeah, the next week. Doesn't look like it. No, no. Constable's probably my pick out of the twos players at the moment, yep. but. Um, yeah, he looks a little bit down the pecking order now. I reckon Stewie Jew's feeling the pinch a little bit again. Um, I think they really still haven't shown enough um, to make him feel comfortable. I know he's, I'm pretty sure he just got a contract renewal not that long ago. But, um, yeah, we need to see more from Gold Coast. So they're just going to become a, simply irrelevant, mm. just simply irrelevant. And players like Lukosius are going to start to look to move um, and they're, and they're going to just look to get out before their career just completely dies. I mean, David Swallow, we've all given him credit for his 200 games from start to finish at Gold Coast, but this was a guy who came out of the under-18s as an absolute weapon, absolute gun, and I'm not taking anything away from his career, but he's not really talked about because he's had to play at a team that's just really produced nothing. Never played finals. Mm. Yeah, it's disappointing. Anyways, we move on. Now, this was one of my favourite games, actually. The the ball movement in Richmond versus Sydney, sitting five rows back on the wing in what was a beautiful Adelaide Friday night. The movement and the skills. I really forget how good these players actually are. We don't give them a lot of cre- enough credit for how talented, how physical, how strong, how fast, and their skills. They're kicking out to a target where some of these some of these players just don't have to break a stride was really, really impressive to watch in this game. But Sydney just Sydney were just that bit too good. I think the likes of Tom Lynch, Nankervis, Robbie Tarrant still out for Richmond. It was just too much, even though Sydney had a lot of players out as well. So the likes of uh, Rampy not playing, uh, the two McCartan boys, they had quite a lot of talent out too. Buddy Franklin, <laughs> how do I miss that? Um, but I tell you who looked unbelievable was the Lizard. Uh, Nick Blakey looked incredible in this game. Yeah, his ball use off the back line is really, really nice, isn't it? it like really using is. him as a designated kicker in a uh, Isaac Heaney, yeah, he scored 144, but don't be surprised if he spuds out of 50 next week. Tommy Papley, I I really like the way he plays. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like he's got the ability to piss everybody off except Sydney players and Sydney supporters, but. You can't ever question his endeavour and he's just his crack at the pill. Uh, Lloyd, super consistent, 119. Wouldn't worry about Campbell. Mills, 97. He'll come down in price again. Goulden, 88, consistent, but you want more out of a Ford Primo. One I do want to talk about, though, from Sydney especially, is Matt Roberts. So he's played four games now. And normally you'd think, oh, four games, I've probably missed the boat in regards to jumping on as a rookie. But... He had a minus score. He had a score of eight, and then he had a score of 30, I think it was. Then he pumped out a score of 93 in his first full game, and it looks as though he used the ball really well and was, like, really, really good from what I saw. I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. If he plays plays and he's not the sub, I'm bringing him in 100% because he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I was super impressed by him. I think it's showing that he is definitely the number one in for the number one out being Cam McKenzie now that Cam's got his uh, got his break even up to 83 this week after being named the sub and only coming on and scoring 14. Uh, that's looking like the move of the week. 
might be my only move of the week this week. Um, I've got to start to slow down a little bit on the trades and start making a few smarter moves and see how we go. I want to talk about Jake Lloyd, though. Jake Lloyd, um, I threw it out there in the Twitter sphere uh, when a lot of people were going to go bring in Will Day. Now, nothing against the Will Day call. I think it was the right one. But I put it out there as Will Day versus Jake Lloyd. And it come, it came back emphatically to pick Will Day. Jake Lloyd has gone 100, 102, 93, 120, and 119. And he just seems to be back playing that role that he's always played for Sydney. Uh, we dropped off a bit last year, but he looks like he's back playing that role again. I don't think he's a bad call for people if they're looking for not need a full primo, but get a consistency out of someone. I still think Jake Lloyd is going to put up consistent numbers this year. That's my yeah. that's my take. And I'm a little bit mad at myself because forget the suspension. Obviously, that makes it a little bit irrelevant what I'm trying to say. But um, I could have got away with just one straight trade, which would have been Angus Brayshaw to Jake Lloyd instead of going all the way down to to Will Day, but hopefully Will Day will will pay me back and then some as we go through this season. I hope so. Uh, for Richmond, Hopper, he was good. It's probably mm. his best game of the year. Uh, don't expect that every week, though. Taranto, Mr. Consistent, he scored between, what, 105 and 120 all year. Uh, Baker continues to pump out plus 100 scores. Daniel Rioli, 101, but he was on like 30 at one stage. Mm. So he's, he's really come on towards the back end. And then there's Really no one else that I'm looking at. No. There may be Young as a, a back rookie if you needed to get him in and you're looking for cash, but even now he's probably 150K. Uh, Samson Ryan, he looked lost out there. Yeah. If, he's, if he's, he's desperate, cool. yeah, but oh, personally I'm not touching him. And Dusty Martin again, 55. No, after the after the games that we saw from a few first game players and and the list of uh, two game players that are still there, I think the Samson Ryan is just leave it alone. I think they're realizing he's a little bit lost. When players come back, he's going to be one of the first to go. Richmond need to turn this season around. Now they're in a a one and four situation. Um, my only concern, so Liam Baker is one that I really love the look of. I think he's shown mm-hmm. more consistency than, consistency than Daniel Rioli at the moment. Um, Daniel Rioli relies a lot on getting a lot of kicks, uh, kick to handball ratio with his efficiency from that kick as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the one that I'm a bit concerned about and I I rate him is Hopper dying in second halves. He's having ripper first halves and actually tearing it apart. He hasn't really carried it on for a full game yet, but look, you're not going to get upset at 115, but I just get nervous that if he doesn't come out of the gates, really rocketing, then, Mm -hmm. uh, then he makes a concern. But, look, he's doing the role you want him to do. He's in the midfield nonstop. So he's a whole Yeah, look, Sydney, sure. Sydney didn't really have a dominant ruckman either. Like, <clears throat> Peter Adams should have taken that game over if he was half decent. Nah. But didn't. Samson Ryan actually held his own at times. You put him against a good ruckman and Richmond's midfield isn't really going to see that much of the, bit, the pill. So, mm. yeah, while it's a nice score, if you don't have him, I wouldn't be looking at um, bringing no. him in. But if you've got him, write it out, see how much money you can make and trade yourself up to a primo. The, the one I'd be looking at is um, if you're looking to, like, look, a lot of people starting to go, look, is Madden now the one I pull out? Or do I get rid of that loophole because I've got players that I might hold? I've got that one mm-hmm. off. Comden's been given that ruck DPP at the moment. It's still at a pretty low price. So if you're looking to sort of just get someone in there, he looks pretty job safe. 
He's not going to get you big scores, but he's going to keep sort of generating a bit of cash, I think, for a little mm-hmm. while. So check out the common call if you're looking to move that loophole. I'd rather that over a Samson Ryan, who I don't think is going to hold his spot for too much longer when players start coming back. Spot on. Um, speaking of getting yourself in shape and being able to run out a full game, I'd love to give a shout-out to our other sponsor, Snap Fitness 24-7, Epson and Bendigo. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Absolutely. The good crew out there, good friends of yours and good friends of the show yeah. out at Snap Fitness Epson a minute ago. Make sure you go out and let them know that the Molten Boys sent you. Absolutely. Uh, we move on to the next one, mate. Brisbane and North Melbourne. Um our good friend Trent, who we had on, he moved out Mr. Lockie Neal to bring in a little bit of a downgrade. And since then, okay. Lockie Neal is doing some crazy, crazy things. And this was no different with a huge 176, a massive score for him. Josh Dunkley, I know a few people threw the VC on Josh Dunkley and he rewarded them with a 133. Joe Danaher, since been getting a bit of a spray from the public, has stepped up a bit. I wouldn't go anywhere near him. Uh, Zorko now with the, is a sort of relevant communication point with the DPP of getting a mid and forward now with a 110. What's your thoughts on uh, Zorko the Magnificent, mate? Yeah, I don't mind it. Like, he, he scored pretty poorly early on. I think he might have got a 60 in there somewhere. No, <clears> his first, first game was huge. First game was huge. Then he had two, that's, yeah. That's right. And then he had a poor one. If he can find consistency, he's someone that I'd definitely look at. Someone else that I want to bring up that's had a really poor start to the season. I'm not sure what his um, money's like at the moment, but Hugh McCluggage. So he was rated as the worst kick in the AFL through the first four rounds. It almost looked like he was getting it back a little bit with a 98 on the weekend. So if he's sub 500, that's not a bad price if he's going to start hitting some form. So if I told you he's dropped $130,000 this year, He's mm-hmm. at four forty nine hundred, and this week he's got a break even of ninety three. His wow. games have his games have been he has been super coach irrelevant for a player mm-hmm. who I I love. He should be in the Australian wing conversation most years, except this year mm-hmm. so far. He's gone sixty eight, fifty five, sixty four, sixty four, and this is his first ninety eight. To go this yeah, season. If he if he backs it up with another hundred this week, he's he's like the Ollie Wines for me. I'll look to get him in. I'll trade out a couple of rookies and get him in. He's a great player. I, I just wonder he's, whether they've brought in so many midfielders now that they're sort of where do we use him? Where do we put him? Jared Lyons came back into this team this week as well as the sub. I mean, uh-huh. they they have a great list. They have a it's really bad. great list. I don't I don't think it's the midfield time that's killing McCluggage at the moment. It's his ball use. Like, he's been yeah. terrible. If he cleans that up and he's still getting his 20, 25 touches a game, that 60 will turn into 100, 110, no worries. So we'll watch yep. this weekend. Who they got this weekend? 
Yeah, let's put him. Let's let's yeah. chuck him on the watch list for sure. I like that yeah, call. Yeah, definitely put, put, put him on if the watch look, list. They've got, they've got GWS this week, so a good chance to go large. Man, let's um, mm. let's move over to the uh, the Roo boys. We've got a lot of Roo fans, uh, Roo fans that watch this show and listen to, listen along. Uh, Zebel with his one hundred and six, the Cheezel, Mister Cheezel with the one hundred again. LDU is a little bit quieter with a ninety. Um, and then the, probably the other one to sort of point out there, Will Phillips got a 74. The one to point out was Simkin, who broke his finger, but he had uh, 12 touches in the first quarter before he broke his finger. So he already got his score up to 66 before he had to come out. So one to sort of put on the watch list as well, that if he's going to get that much footy, I'm just trying to look at where his numbers are, but his break even will will really drop. So it's one of those, watch him come back, see what he scores. I'm just trying to bring it up now. But, yeah, I was having a quick look at how he still got such a reasonable score, and it's because he had 12 touches in the first quarter. So he's sitting at 489,000. So he's dropped under that 500,000 as well. His break-even's at 111, so you've probably got to let him play another game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's at a 88, a 93, a 106. And then that he was on track for probably another big score against Brisbane. Throw him on your watch list and see where his price gets to somebody that you might look to chuck in, especially with a lot of teams now putting a lot of attention into LDU as the first go uh, when you come up against North Melbourne. Anything else you saw in this game, mate? Uh, No, not really. Uh, As soon as Simpkin got hurt, they were just blown out of the water. Yeah. Brisbane Ford running team, they just they polled on the goals and the Roos really had no no choice <clears throat> as to how to stem the bleeding, so to speak. Uh, I will yeah. bring up uh, Hall in the twos. He had another 35-plus possession game, but looks as though he's nowhere near it when it comes to this team and how they want to play. So don't I, don't, I don't think he comes in unless, unless someone gets injured. He, he's uh-huh. like, it has to be a particular like for like. Like if something, heaven forbid, happened to a Zeeble or something like that, then maybe you yeah. look to bring somebody in of that ilk. But yeah, I don't think it's in the measure. I don't think Roo fans even really want to see him in the team, to be totally honest. Um, no, I think the only ones for people to, to start looking at is, I think people will start looking at the Wilmonts, the McKennas, um, maybe the Ashcrofts to a point, depending on what the balance of their team look like. Um, mm-hmm. they're, still, they're still in the cash generation mode just, but that break-even is starting to get a little bit higher and higher each week. So mm-hmm. keep a watch on those players um, and, and what you're going to do next. I think it's been nice, though, that Wilmont's been given uh, – he's one where he's added the mid, which is nice because you can kind of actually make a few few moves rather yeah. than being stuck with him in that defense, but it allows That's you to hold him a little bit longer. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, your teammates, what an absolute... I'll say upset, and I say it with all due respect. I don't think many people tip the Bombers. You did say that they, they do well against them, but uh, not many would have tipped the Bombers. But i tell you I'm what. Not, you just Hang on a sec. I'm just I booking will. me grand final tickets. <laughs> no. I'm one for you. Flagons. <laughs> Mate, I'll let you have that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. They made Melbourne look very average. Um, yeah. Look, I, there's no doubt. Ben Brown was a laid out. Uh, Van Ruin pretty much had to sort of hold that forward spot himself. Tim, Tom McDonald didn't look that great. Setterfield did a fantastic job on Oliver in that first half. Oliver had about nine touches in the first half. Ended up miraculously with a with another 35 touches in the second half, which t- for someone watching live, they were super irrelevant, super irrelevant. But to super coach scorers, he, he came through for them. Um, albeit some held off the VC until this point for Clary. And, uh, and that put a bit of bit of a pressure cooker on a few people um but mate you guys were super impressive uh i'll let you jump in you go with your takeaways mate and then i'll give you any others that you that i think you might have missed okay. so while while i am super super excited as an Essendon supporter uh that was a bit of tongue-in-cheek and a bit of a piss take about the grand final tickets because you remember that melbourne's without gone they're without ben brown they're without a lot of key position players lever wasn't playing um, we played well, don't get me wrong, and I think we found a way that will show other teams how to break Melbourne's zone, and it's by that run and carry and the chain handball and the delivery into the forward 50. We did that really, really well. And it was probably, I don't know, for the, the past 10 years, I don't remember a game where we just looked so commanding against a genuine side. So... Regardless of what happens to the rest of the year, and I said it early on that I think the Scott announcement as our coach is a good one. We've got to remember he was the coach of the coaches for the past two or three years. So he was the one, you know, giving them their examples, you know, taking them to clinics, taking them through their X's and O's. And now he's in charge of some footy club. So he's he's got that presence. He's got that knowledge base. And I think it's transferred into the guys and, like, you can sort of sense the excitement amongst the team now. They feel as though, hey, we've actually got something special going on here. But I digress. Four Essendon Supercoach scores. Merritt, 134. Unfortunately, he'll probably miss this week with that dangerous tackle, which sucks against Collingwood at the G. If you've got him, hold him. He looks really nice. Laverde, he's 109. He won't score that every week. Parrish, 108. Mr. Consistent, he looked really nice. Langford's impressed me this year. 106, Shield, McGrath, Draper, 103, 104. The Draper and Phillips combo yeah. worked really, really well. Really well. Really well. Yeah. Um, and then you got Ridley, Ridley and Redman. You know, they chopped and changed again this week, 91 and 72. So for those people that have either one in their side. Uh, it's probably curtains if they, if you're looking at them for keepers for the year because they just they chop and change and it's it's too inconsistent when you're talking about uh, the Essendon back line. Not for the case of will they play each week because they will. They can both play that role well. So whichever team tries to take out, say, Redmond, then Ridley will step up or vice versa. 
Yeah, and for me in, in the Melbourne side, um, you know, you're spot on with the two rucks for, for Essendon. They were good. Grundy still played a very good game as well with his 128, earned every point of that. As we said, Clayton Oliver with his just insane second half, got him up to 115. Petrarca was solid with a 110. Viney was solid as well with a 110. i tell you who annoyed me, and it, it doesn't look like it's worked, is the Lockie Hunter effect. He he really gets some very cheap kicks off to the side compared mm-hmm. to the Langdon-type running wing. I don't know if the two of them is working just yet, and I think it's something that Melbourne needs to look at. Um, and the other one I realised, which was, which was my blunder at the start of the year, is they are now legitimately playing Angus Brayshaw as a, a defender doing a job. So he took... Um, he took the package um, and did a very good job on him. So he's no longer that one getting the kicks around the back or the chips in the back line. He is playing on a man, taking some of the best forwards in the game and actually doing a really good job at it, albeit, you know, package played okay, but he didn't do too much in this game. So, um, yeah, it was a pity for me that I didn't quite get that memo and I'll, uh, I've had to write it. But, um, yeah, he was one I had to get rid of early. Didn't quite play the role that I thought he would, but he's been good. And yeah, for Melbourne supporters, gone. And to be back this week, who else? Ben Brown back this week and Lever back this week. Yeah, and and look, the the ones who brought in Van Ruin, I'm I'm glad to myself. I know people would have got the quick cash grab if you just got him in this week, but I don't see him holding too consistently. I think he does a good job. I think he's a player of the future. Um, I think Tomlinson's the one that's definitely going to get dropped. Um, Tom McDonald needs to do more. Van Ruin might take his spot and keep his spot with Ben Brown coming back. But and I don't. Harrison I see them chopping and changing for a little while, and and they've shown Goodwin shows that he do that. He's done. He had Wiedemann in at different points. He had McDonald at different points. He'll keep chopping and changing that until he thinks it gets it right. So it might be a bit frustrating holding on to the Roo for a while. But if you can do it, but um, I don't know how long his job security is super comfortable there. Um, we move on to Port the the Bulldogs. Now, this is when it really started to rain down hard. This was yeah. my other roughy outsider, and I was feeling good about it with the Bulldogs um, being Libba's 200s. But unfortunately for me, Port Adelaide came through with the goods. Um, this was the one I put the VC on Timmy English, and we mentioned it on the pod. I mentioned it with Jakey Skidmore that you could hold out until this game if you had Madden. Um, and that allowed you to have someone like a Nick Dacos or something later in the later in the week to to put the the, the, the C on or Royal Marshall was the other. Yeah, um, sure. Tim English came through with the goods with a beautiful one thirty nine, mate. Watching him live, other than maybe Gorn, he's the best ruck in the competition. He is very good at his craft. Not only is a tap ruckman when that ball hits the ground and where he puts himself in the round the ground to to take those marks, he doesn't stop. All day, I was really, really impressed by the way that he plays, um, yep. and that's and that's showing in his scores that he's getting. Bontempelli had a massive game with a one forty-five. Johannesson actually went off and did a bit more running off the back line again this week with his one twelve. Jack McRae looked good with one twelve. Libba started slowly but got up there with a one hundred one. Um, it was good to see Liam Jones back, sort of doing it. I know some people moved him out; were probably a bit frustrated with that because he came through with a bit of a score this week. Um, and that's probably the main ones to talk about. Bailey Dale dropped back down yeah. to what he did in the first two weeks with only getting a 57. I tell you who was a massive in for them, and I'll let you go through Port Adelaide after this. Uh, Cody Waitman, what a mm. game. He was he was unreal. 
and I end up seeing him at the breakfast the next day. Yeah. He's one of those ones where you can't help but go, if if I was playing halfback flank in an amateur game and this was who I was on, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, not intimidated at all. Before you know it, he's kicked 10 on you. He's taking marks on your head. He played a ripper game and I was super impressed by him. He just looks like a, a great kid of the future. Did you see the highlights package where his old mate fell out of his shorts? Yeah, yeah, so good. So good on him. So um, for Port Adelaide, uh, like good team game. Butters, 146. I've always warned people against him because he's a bull at a gate, puts his head where he shouldn't, gets hurt a lot. But if you had him, well done. They put him uh, back inside. A lot of the Port Adelaide fans were stoked because he looked, he was back playing that inside mid role. But again, mm-hmm. will he do it consistently? I don't know. But he was good. He was good in this one. Yep. Uh, Houston, 123, good as a running defender. But again, he's pretty inconsistent. And Alir Alir, he looked oh, pretty nice. And that chase down tick, tackle on Norton, that was awesome. 105. Uh, yep. Rosie, 93. Horn Francis scored 56 in the last quarter. Yep. Um, good on him, but he's <laughs> still the shit stain on all our North Melbourne supporters' jocks. So we won't <laughs> really talk too much about him. Uh, and that's about it, isn't it? Scott Lysette, he was really poor. Yeah, he's, he's, he's no good. No good. He got he got he got smashed, and I think he got injured as well during the game. So does, does this mean geez. our boy Tess Tickle? Mate, mate, could come I was in. Think, I was a hundred percent thinking it during the game. I had a Port Adelaide supporter behind me who was one that you could actually hold a normal conversation with, which is which is yeah. interesting, but. Um, I was going to ask if he had even heard of Bryn Tickle and then I was just, I've had a few whiskeys and just couldn't be bothered with it in the end because if he didn't understand who he was, I would have been extremely disappointed. Maybe it is a chance. Maybe it's time. Um, unless they go back down the Finlayson route and throw him in the rack. Um, maybe. I don't know. Is, have you heard any, dare I say, have you heard any tickles of how he's going in the, uh, in the sand field, mate? I'd want to. But for our next podcast, whenever that may be, that'll drop this week, I will do the research and I'll yeah. give our viewers what they need. We need a debut game out of him this week. We've got to, we've got to get one. We've got to get one. We move on. Let's not stay on this one too long. We didn't even go to this one. We just decided to go and have a lunch meal at the pub because what happened is exactly what we thought would happen between Geelong and West Coast. Uh, look, mate, I'll give you credit where credit's due. I'll give you credit where credit's due. Tommy Hawkins with a big 151. But you and I had a little bit of chats in the background, which was does against West Coast or Hawthorne count? But I would Mm -hmm. like you to throw out your statement of what you think will happen, though, for the rest of the year with Mr. T. Hawkins. Yeah, like I'm a big believer in not getting key position players in your side, but Hawkins has averaged 95 plus the last four or five years. So he's pumped out two 120, 150 plus scores. Yeah, he only got 14 touches, but you've got to remember when he touches the ball close to goal, it either results in a goal or a goal assist or a contested mark, which are all big point scorers. So he doesn't need a lot of the ball to score well. Well, look here, he's got kicked four goals, six hitouts, six marks, 14 disposals for 151. Yeah, that's, that's insane because a lot of that yeah. is score involvements, goal scores, you know, um, contested marks. So takes the rucks, takes the rucks, as you say. Every every inside fifty, he takes the ruck as well. So there's yeah. there's chance for him to get points, mate. I don't think you're that wrong. I just 
He just hasn't looked great. Didn't have a preseason. I think Cameron's the one up and about running. So look, yeah, yes. we've we've got him on our fun little side yeah. bet that we'll talk yeah. about. And as I've said to you, credit where credit is always due. Absolutely. Yeah. I do want to correct my statement though. If I had yep. to choose between Hawkins and Cameron, yep. I would choose Cameron if if they were the same price. But given that Hawkins is $140,000 cheaper than Cameron, I'm probably leaning towards Hawkins. I don't think you ever said you'd take Hawkins over Cameron as in just straight for straight, but you were mm. just you were just giving some facts and it's look, it's a good yeah. one that we can watch. And I think Geelong, we know what they're gonna do. But mate, the rest of Tom Stewart did the game that we thought he would. Blickfast did the same. Jeremy Cameron's still looking like that one that you could have taken at the start of the year and taken a bit of a chance on. Dangerfield mm-hmm. again found the ball. Um Radicalia starting to get a few scores, which is good to see. Um, the one I want to point out is, dear God, thank God, sometimes you actually get one right and don't rush into it. I still think you'll come good, but Mitch Duncan only with a 34. Luckily, didn't go and do it this week, which was good. From a West Coast standpoint, Jake Waterman, Oscar Allen, Doug, I don't think this team has to talk about. Kelly got a 90. I know a lot of people are talking about Tim Kelly. Look, he probably got the score that we said he would probably get. Um you know, there's a few. Gimby got subbed out. Still had a 51 at the point. He's going to be a great player. Noah Long still showing that he was a great pickup. One that you talked about and I talked about early on with a 55. Yeah, um, yeah it's just going to be tough sailing for West Coast, and they've got. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that Shui might be back this week, but I've heard Elliot Yo's probably done another injury as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's just not looking good for the uh, the West Coast Eagles. I, I see my mate got a bit of the ball. Witherden, who's your mate? Witherden. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny. It shows, it, you know, the team's going bad when he's one, two, three, four, four. He's six on the list for super coach points, but he only got a 69. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stand by my comment. Stand by it, mate. I would, I would expect nothing less from you. We soldier yeah. on to my boys and Himmelberg had to take mark of the year. And I think that's got him sitting at number one and two for mark of the year. For GWS to win this game, Toby Green, an absolute ripper for the GWS Giants with a 120. Who was actually impressive was Sam Taylor. Took a lot of intercept yeah. marks with a 115. He he played a ripper. Um, Isaac yeah. Cumming, good to see him get in the trebles. Canelio finally still got up to that 102 after again sitting on about 82 halfway through the third quarter and just sort of just starts to sort of just drop off a little bit. Starts to go backwards at some point. It's really hard to watch. Um, Tom Green still got his 97. Uh, Kelly had a bit of a quiet one, only with an 80, and that's without no Finn McGuinness was playing. Um, Lockie Whitfield now does have that DPP into the defense, but he's just not putting up the scores that we thought he might. So, lucky he was the one that I pulled out of my team in that round one. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> excuse me. What I do want to point out though is uh, Rouston came on. In the last quarter, as the sub, and scored a 42 in the last quarter. I think it was made up of about five tackles and six disposals to get himself up to a 42 in a one-quarter effort. So he might hold his spot a little bit still to uh, to be a bit of a cash generator, which was great to see. Uh-huh. Um, for the Hawks, it was good to see a few boys have a, have a few decent games. John Newcomb's been, uh, you know, knocking on the doorstep for a big game with a 121. Ned Rees, very impressive in the ruck with his 117. Uh, Warple got his hands on the footy with a 100 and Dylan Moore with a 93. Um, Sicily still just only getting those 90s, which is not enough for, for what people paid to get him in the team. They'll want to see more. 
And the boy that I try to point out on the Twitter sphere is Tyler Brockman. Um, and whether you should choose Brockman over that JV, uh, JVR approach, I think his job security is better. And I think he's actually going to score better than JVR. And he had a break even of minus 43. And he came out with a 70. Everyone got very nervous that Sam Mitchell subbed him out. Subbed him out against Geelong because we were getting absolutely pumped and he's had injury concerns in the past. So it's a time to just pull him out and get him back in. I assure you, they might rest him at some point, but Tyler Brockman is 100% in Hawthorne's best 22 and he is their future Luke Bruce type moving forward. So, look, I think you might be a chance or you may have just missed the boat on Brockman, but, um, yeah, he was he was impressive for them. Tell me about Seaman Mitchell. Yeah, so it's actually pronounced Seamus. Seamus oh, Mitchell. Where did I get Seaman from? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's an Irish name, Seamus Mitchell. It's it's nice to see an S Mitchell back on the playing list at Hawthorne. Mate, yeah. He looked yeah, he looked he looked very good, very composed. He was a I want to say he was the number 29 pick in the 2000 draft. So what happened with him a little bit is Yeah, so yeah, so hear me out. He's been a rookie for what 23 years. Oh, t- sorry, t- t- 2020. 2020. <laughs> I've been up I've been up since 3 a.m. Perth time, yeah. flying back from Adelaide today. It is now 10, 10 p.m. Sorry, 2020. Um, mm. Obviously, been the COVID years and no VFL was played. So it was very hard for him to sort of get out in the paddock and show what he could do. But he looked very composed with the footy in hand. He's somebody that I think is going to get some games. Look, the warning I will give to people is be very careful taking players after one game. It's not fantasy. It's super coach. Let them play their second game. Bring them in when they get picked for their third game as named yeah. on the field and know what cash you're going to get is my is my five cents. Look, if you really need it for a, a trade purpose, go for it. But I think Sam Mitchell's going to throw the dice around. He's going to throw the markers around, but he looks like yeah. somebody that's going to play going forward. But don't, don't rush the ship too early. You don't want to get stuck with a dead rookie. Yeah. Get him in with the cash. Your thoughts? Yeah, I went back and watched the KO minis and that today on the game. I watched the game, but I wanted to see a bit of it back. And um, he takes the kickouts and then yeah, he runs yeah, on. He, did. he does. He did. And then he, a couple of times he did the Dacos thing. Ran past, got the handball, went again, hit targets. He looked confident by foot. I really like him, Robbie. Like he's, he's probably the – alongside McKenzie, but even McKenzie sort of burnt off a little bit now – He's exciting for you guys. If I was Sammy Mitchell, I'd be playing him the rest of the year and just letting him learn from his mistakes. Yep. I reckon you've got a good one there. Mate, I reckon it's no different. Ned Long, I, I can't fault most of the players that we've brought in. I think McDonald as a second-year player looks composed. Tyler Brockman showing some skill. Cam McKenzie in his first year looks great. Ward is another one. There mm-hmm. is enough there to get excited about the future for Hawthorne. It's not gonna it's not gonna come anytime straight away. They have to find a way to win some games so we don't get this culture of it's okay to just have these honest performances. But there is enough there to get excited about. Um, no, absolutely. I really enjoy watching them play. We're doing this without our key forward in Mitch Lewis, which, look, is that going to completely change things? No, but it's going to give them a target to kick to. That allows Fergus Green to move and be the second forward, which I'm actually looking forward to him working side-by-side side with the Mitch Lewis. The one I think they need to really work out, though, at the moment is Ned Reeves and Lloyd Meek. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think they don't have a choice at the moment to play both. But Lloyd Meek is not a forward, and he's getting caught out in that position. And I don't think we have the rights to play two absolute rucks. So they're going to have to work that out and what that looks like. I think they bring Mitch Lewis back in, and I think Connor Nash should just be a little second ruck, tap in, tap out kind of thing. He's tall enough and mobile enough that he could just play the role. But look, we shouldn't talk too much about the Hawks just as a performance part. That's me just being a bit selfish about my team. But no, I think there's a couple of good ones for people to have a look at. Just be prepared that, you know, they're cash generators and and that Sam Mitchell could give them a rest at, at any point as we are still working on getting that number one overall draft pick. There's no denying that. Yeah. Last game of the round, mate, Collingwood St Kilda. And I'm going to say, I know it came down to a bit of a cliffhanger at the end. This was the one I was looking most forward to. And I actually think it was some of the worst skills out of the games that I saw at the Adelaide Oval. And that's even including Port and Bulldogs who played in rain. They were turning that footy over 50 to 50, 50 to 50 each end. St Kilda were trying to just go long to their only target was Caminetti. Um, who isn't that tall in person unless Darcy Moore is just an absolute giant. But um, Darcy Moore was just having a field day. Sometimes they were kicking long down the line to Jack Higgins. I'm like, what are you doing? So I was a little bit disappointed in this game. They showed a bit of urgency in the end, which was good. Um, but, yeah, look, it wasn't it wasn't the cracker that I thought it was going to be. Um, most of the things happened that we predicted, mate. Rowan Marshall gave a good enough captain score if you put the C on him with a 123. Uh, Wilkie, he's super coach kind of irrelevant, but I tell you what, he wasn't in this game with a 156. He looked really good in that back line. Um, Dacos just did his thing. I don't really want to go into it too much. I've said too many points about it. He's still, he's a great player. He's efficient by foot, but he still runs to that pocket nonstop um, to the point that a lot of people were actually sort of ripping into him a bit actually at the ground. Tom Mitchell looked good for them with a 107. Um, Pendlebury is the one for me who just still looks great for them. Uh, I talked about Dylan Moore. Sidebottom was a little bit quieter, but pretty good. Um, from a security standpoint, there weren't massive super coach scores in this game. Mason yeah. Wood did his rollout on the wing, which was really good. Um, I really like the look of that Wanganine uh, Miller. Um, he, he moves really well off that back line um, and has a bit of go to him. Trying to think if there was anyone else that I wanted to point out to. Zane Cordy, he's, I, don't, I guess he's just filling a role at the moment. He just looked horrendous. He just looked like an absolute witch's cone. Um, I don't know. Anything else you pick up in this one, mate? No, not really. It was just, it was scrappy. Uh, Collingwood's lack of a ruckman really showed, but yep. yeah, it was just, it was turnover central, wasn't it? It was just two teams playing ping pong with the footy. And look, St Kilda really shouldn't have gotten that close in the end. They were they were outplayed, and um, look, they made it interesting towards the end. And even Rossi Lyon had a bit of a chuckle to himself. But yeah, when you're looking at players, I was pretty excited by Philippou. So he was on 57 at halftime, and I thought, yep, I've got him on the ground. This is awesome. He's finally going to show that super coach potential that he's had previously. And then he gets 66, so he scores nine in the second half, which. When you lose three of your leagues by 20 points, it sort of hurts a little bit. Um, for the people that picked up Liam Stocker at the start of the year, well done. He scored 78 and has not scored under 70 so far. Well done to the St. Kilda Footy Club for picking him up, but well done to the Supercoach community that have picked him up and used him in your back line. You will be generating some good coin out of him. Sinclair, still only a 90. 
for a yeah. premium player, you want more like your Sicily. Does he drop a bit more in price before we look at him? Probably, but remember we've got uh, Jack Steele coming back this week, Tim Membry coming back this week. So St Kilda getting some good personnel back into their side. The game of the week this week coming, I believe, will be the Anzac Day game. Essendon-Collingwood. How do Essendon's rucks, we saw how well they performed against Grundy from Melbourne, perform against a ruckless Collingwood team. And without merit, is that enough that they're going to be able to get first ball use, uh, be able to pierce through Collingwood's zone because Collingwood structure up really well? Or is it going to be the Collingwood show again with the, just the run and the carry and with Dugowie coming back in? You know, it's Anzac Day is always a good clash between the two teams. But this year, I heard something on the radio this morning. It's the first time the two teams have played each, against each other while they've been in the top four since 2000. Interesting. I like that. That's good. No, I think that'll be an absolute ripper. I think you're spot on. I think there's there's not too many better games in the year than the Anzac Day. I think it's a great day. Um, I've gone to a few of them myself. I'm sure you have as well. Um, yeah, I, I love I love how they've sort of do the Anzac round now. Um, mm. it, it's a, it's always a really exciting game. The Melbourne Richmond the night before is just a phenomenal. If no one's got, if you haven't got down to the Melbourne Richmond game the night before, please do yourself a favor and get down and do it. I think Carlton St Kilda could be a really good game to watch. Um, yeah. Geelong, Geelong Sydney go at it again, which is good to see. Um, Brisbane have an opportunity now. I, I don't count this one because everyone was away. This is their chance now against GWS to get away win away from the Gabba. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to the Fremantle Bulldogs game on Friday night. So looking forward It'll to be that a at, at Optus Stadium. Two teams that sort of need to continue to get some get some wins on the board. So there's some cracking games um, and an interesting one from a, a captain VC standpoint with, um, you know, GWS playing that third game, the early game on the Saturday. So there's not too many loophole opportunities. And when you kind of look at Fremantle, Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, West Coast, there's not too many VCs to get in really before that game either. Well, so You're nearly hoping that Constable doesn't play on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so definitely some, definitely some options to look at. Definitely some things for us to talk about. We're going to do a couple of episodes throughout this week, everyone. Yeah. We will start talking more. We touched on a few of it today. We will touch more on some of those DPPs to have a look at as we get closer to the trades later in the week. Send those questions through to us. We will have a look at break-evens. There are some quite a long list of break-evens when it comes to players that have played two games as well. So looking for that big cash generation. Um, we just decided that we might push some of those back a little bit later in the week when we see who starts getting named and start looking at what those trades look at. We're going to have a really good look at that balance between who do you make a trade for this week and who do you maybe hold out and be a little bit uh, yeah. hold out because we know there's people in different situations. Mate, your final words? I've got two. So for the Molten Fantasy Pod, Supercoach League, we have DJ Brock's Stand Club. So Keegan... Whoever you are, congratulations. You have won the standard squeeze prize pack for the week with a whopper 2,463. So that's that's only 50 off who won the uh, 1,000 bucks in the, in the Herald Sun this week. So well done, Keegan. And for those of you listening in, you must listen in later this week because we've got a special guest coming on. Stewie, as he's called by his mates, he's currently ranked number eight in the whole of Australia, 
sitting 120 points behind the leader with a real show at winning the big coin this week. So he's voluntarily said, yep, I'm going to come on. I'll give you a look at my team. I'll show you what I've got. I'll let you know where I'm going to next with my players, where I'm going with my trades. And uh, hopefully it helps the, uh, the Molten Fantasy Sports community help you take that next step in order to try and win some money each week or your leagues that you have or that you're a part of. We, mate, we keep bringing the quality. We've had previous winners of the whole competition. We've had top yes. one percenters that have been currently going this this season. We've now got the number eight position this season. It doesn't get much better than the quality that we keep bringing on this show. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We'll be throwing in some live episodes again the closer we get to these rounds. Subscribe, follow, throw those questions to us. We will get to answering them. I don't think there's a question that we haven't answered. I don't think there's a person we haven't given a shout out to on this show. Mickey Dell, I love your work and I appreciate your time every time. I love your insights. I love what you bring to this podcast. But to everybody listening out in the podcast land, thank you so much. Keep supporting us. We'll keep supporting you. This has been the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 